0: Hey everybody, this is the Resistance Broadcast, TRB, we're the podcast of StarWarsNewsNet.com. I'm John, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, If you're new to TRB, we know a lot of people have joined us recently, welcome! The base is open, tell your friends, join us, it's always a good time. This is our Thursday show, it's our discussion show. Um, James and Lacey with me as always. Um... Guys, I know we're going to get to it a little bit later. We have an interview that we did with uh, Yoshi Vu, who is an environmental artist um, for uh, The Mandalorian and uh, The Rise of Skywalker, and uh, I had such a good time talking to him. I wasn't sure where I was going to go because there's a lot of things he can't like talk about specifically, so how much are we going to get to? But I really felt like we were able to get a good vibe of what it's like to do what he does um, from just literally an environmental situation. But what do you guys think? I don't want to give away too much, but what do you guys think?
1: he's super
2: chill
1: exactly yeah I I was very excited to be able to just kind of like get that unique perspective I I think uh, anybody listening is going to enjoy the interview um, because he is he's a fan you know and that and it's cool to see someone um, I don't know some you know how the Fandom is sometimes like people who are working on this aren't fans or they, you know, they threw this thing together. And it's like this interview, again, is another one of those things where you're like, no, man. Right. (laughs) They love it and they work really hard on it. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, without getting too cheesy uh, on the same kind of fan track, just the idea that he's been a fan for so long and like his whole life and like doing fan films in high school and now he's he's worked for ILM and like is working on things that he cares about and he's working in Star Wars and designing things. Like talk about the dream of a fan. It's like you dream that you're going to grow up and make movies and make Star Wars and here's another person attached to these projects that – lives, breathes, wants to do Star Wars, and he gets into a little bit about working on other projects, that it just doesn't have the same weight to him as a Star Wars project does, which was cool to hear.
0: Yeah. And we're going to get to that in a little bit after uh, our first few segments, so stay tuned for that uh, around the middle of the show. But um, guys, one of the things I wanted to bring up real quick before we get into uh, Will of the Forest, it's back, baby. Um, Such a subtle (laughs) back baby, yeah. (laughs) That was very weird. Pull that in there. Back, <laughs> um, The three of us are so confident in our new t-shirt store that we decided none of us would wear our gear tonight. Uh, but our, <laughs> our new our new store, uh, head over to... Um,
2: Hasn't arrived yet.
0: Oh, you, you bought some new gear already?
2: Yeah, I got a sweatshirt.
0: Oh, I got to get a sweatshirt too. I was thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Even though it's about to get warmer weather-wise, still... Um, teespring.com slash stores slash resistance broadcast um, we axed and shelved some of our designs that we love but we felt like um, we had some new designs coming in Mando Fan Show shirt um, uh, we launched the uh, the Sith shirt what are we calling that James? did we decide what we're calling that one?
1: Uh, uh, one True Emperor One
0: True Emperor is already on the site so it's like the parallel raise to grandpa the- <laughs> it's the parallel to the I am all the Jedi shirt <laughs> I am all the Sith yeah, uh, in the Revenge of the uh, Jedi original font, actually, uh, with uh, Sheev on the back, so check that out. And then a bunch of other stuff. We redid our logos and all that sort of stuff, and James did all that, so good job, James. You put so much... Revenge of the Sith. No, but it was Revenge of the Jedi first. We, we know about that. Not much, I guess. Yeah. What are you talking about, John? The original font was for Revenge <laughs> of the Jedi before it was Return of the Jedi. Yeah, but the font we use for the shirt is from Revenge of the Sith. Look, woman's well, words... But the bottom line It is, looks yeah, great. It looks great. That's all that matters. And James, as I was trying to... I, J- James interrupted me complimenting him. And that is the most beautiful thing I could He's think like, of. He's like, how
3: <laughs> dare <laughs> you?
0: He's like, oh, wait, you're talking... Because oh, I don't coming. know what you're talking about. So James spent so much time getting the store ready, redoing the logos, um, phone conversations with Lacey, phone conversations with me about what shirts we should get rid of, what shirts we should have. So much time that went into it and boom, it's out. And uh, good job, James good stuff Thanks. way to be um but now uh we're gonna put you back to work james because will the force i gotta do it better it's back baby <laughs> <laughs> let's go man so weird i fear nothing for all this as the force wills it
1: all right well will the force this week um again thanks cheer for that marvelous introduction he always does it the um, same every
0: time. It's amazing. Do I? No. W- cheer it. Oh, yeah. He hits it he every just, time. Every yeah. time. You know what I mean? That That's a professional. That's, that's a what pro. I'm
1: talking about. Yeah. It's just knowing <laughs> your cue, knowing when to w- when you got to deliver. And yeah. it used to be better on film, too, because they knew they had to get it. Yeah. But today, it's digital, and you can edit. <laughs> no, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, little Keanu Reeves in there. um. We're going to be doing four questions today, and uh, two of those questions come from our resistance officers. One of which is Commander Polly. Commander Polly uh, answered uh, answered the call, I should say, and sent us in a question. Um, his question is: Will Obi Wan have a love interest in the Kenobi series? So I'm starting with John on this one. What do you think? Any chance we're going to get a love interest?
0: No, I do. I really don't think so. Um... There may be like a dream sequence where they kind of do an Easter egg of Satine. I don't even think they'll explore Mm -hmm. that very much. Uh, But it's a short series, as we understand it, unless they're going to open it up a bit more, uh, four to six episodes. And I don't think there's time for there to be some kind of love interest for Kenobi. He's already past all that. He's like jaded, like burnt, sad, hermit Kenobi. Uh, We're getting into that type of Kenobi now. And I don't think that would make much sense because you're getting a lot closer to Alec Guinness Kenobi you're you know 10 years from that um none of that makes sense to me and i i'd I'd be kind of shocked if they did it because you're just adding a new element into something that you're trying to do with what works and if you just throw a new wrench in there and hoping it works that doesn't make a lot of sense you already have the kenobi going you don't need to try to mess with it too much keep it to where you know it works and it will um so i i really don't think it's going to happen um that'd be weird i think to me
1: Hmm. Lacey, what do you think? Any chance that we're going to get some sort of reference to his past?
2: Um, I agree with John a hundred percent. I don't think we're going to get anything except if it's like a flashback or something with Satine. But I don't think he's oh, getting like, like a new love interest.
1: Yeah. I I gotta say the new love interest is like a hundred percent off for me. I I'd, I'd be very surprised if they tried to do that. And I I think I think as much as solo kind of successfully threw the casual audience for a loop and they were like, what, what is this Darth Maul? Right. You know, where's he coming from? I really think that if you have like six episodes to tell the story and it's kind of here uh, and this is the mindset, I really feel like people would be like, what are you telling me right now? <laughs> You're telling me that he had like a girlfriend? Mm -hmm. In like another show or something, I I feel like they would almost have to reintroduce that character, and I just I don't know that it's that it's worth it. The only I mean, I don't know. I just I don't. I'm I'm with you guys, and I'm sorry to say that, Pauly. Or maybe you even agree with this, and you're trying to get clarification to your friends. Like, see, even all of them agree with me. Well, but I just don't think it's gonna happen. Also because.
0: Wouldn't he have mentioned her in Revenge of the Sith as that was much closer in timeline to when she was around than this? So, even that doesn't help the argument to me if you're talking about him talking about Satine and that sort of thing. So, right. I just, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I like the only thing I can think is just trying, like. I mean, I could force a story. Like if somebody was like, give me the best story that somehow involves Satine in this or somehow how would you bring her in? I'd be like, well, I could probably come up with something. But at the end of the day, I feel like that's forcing the hand of someone who's like, you know, like I want to tell a story about Obi-Wan Kenobi. And they don't like, they don't even want to get into like all the crazy details yeah. of, his, of his past. You know, they just want to tell it where he is right now. Um, so we're going to move on to the next question and it also involves um, characters showing up uh, the question is even though she hadn't met Cassian yet will Felicity Jones make an appearance as Jin Erso in the Cassian Andor series so this one's bouncing back at you Lacey um, not so much Jin Erso the character but will Felicity Jones be portraying that character in the show
2: no because they haven't met yet I don't know where this question is coming from, I guess.
1: Even though they haven't met, <laughs> right there, is there any <laughs> chance that Felicity Jones could be in the show? So say, for instance, you cut away to Saw Guerrera. I met is like background.
2: That... No, I don't think so. No.
1: Okay. Nope. They're not pulling her in. No. John, what do you think?
0: Yes. I really? Do. I do. I do. Um, Interesting. Interesting. She had a clause in her contract for another option, so they can option her in, and she has to do it for one thing. That's what we talked about about the Ahsoka thing. He, they take care of themselves and lock these people in. Um, and also, Felicity Jones, uh, I believe she is from the UK, and they're, they're going to be filming there in Pinewood. Yes,
2: she's British.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying she could just pop right over and like film a scene like Mando style, how they're bringing all these people in. Hey, you want to be in Mando? All right. And she, it would make sense if they want to do that Enfys Nest, Saw Gerrera flashback leading up to why we're meeting Cassian or something like that. It doesn't mean she has to cross paths with him uh, like George Lucas did horribly with a lot of characters in the prequels. That drives me absolutely insane. Um, but if you're doing a series of like, you know, upwards of five hours about this uh, era, you can go away for a little while and, and see what's going on and uh, it would make a lot of sense for me to, for her to pop back in uh, even for just maybe a few minutes um, so I think yeah I think she will
2: I feel like I haven't given any answers in this show so I apologize this is one with the force I thought it <laughs> was supposed to be quick
0: it's will of the force
2: <laughs> or will of the force sorry
0: yeah,
1: um, <laughs> yeah well whatever <laughs> fill in as much as you want um for me personally, I, I, I hear that, John, but I, I don't think she's gonna be in the show. Come on. Um Yes I think welcome. Yeah. I think that and I could be wrong, this this kind of falls back on how much I know about her uh uh Rebel Rising story. Mm-hmm. But I, I really don't know that she was doing anything five years prior to this. I think this is when she had been moved away from Saw and doesn't have anything to do with the rebellion. And this was her lay low. And then in Rogue One, she gets yanked back into it. And she's like, I don't want to be a part of this. So at this point, uh, I think that she is adding nothing to the story. She's stealing fruit from a vendor on some backwater
0: planet. She's Liana Halleck at this point, is what you're trying to say.
1: I th- yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I think she's kind of doing the Cara Dune thing. Like, I, I was part of it. Now I'm not. Right. And then we get to see how Cara Dune gets pulled in. But this is the period of time where she's not doing anything. And that's part of the story. That's kind of the. That you know, bums me out, yeah. but all right.
2: James said my sense. answer. Better.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Than me. Um, I uh, want to move on to the next one, though. Uh, Resistance officer submission coming from David Hornack. And he wants to know In Mando season two, will Tiny, aka Baby Yoda, reveal he was more mature and not the baby he was portrayed or portrayed himself to be in season one? John, do you think that he's smarter than he lets
0: on? I do. I do. I think uh, he's going to be a little chatty. Uh, in season 2 I think we're going to hear him talk a bit and that's going to be the new wave of toys the talking baby Yoda and we're going to get his name and he's going to say no my name is not the child I am Dennis or whatever but <laughs> I think uh, I think he will be smarter he's 50 uh, and Yoda started training Jedi at 90 to 100 I think he's pretty smart and the way he's able to understand situations and, and use the force so I think yes I think he was maybe being a little coy to try to feel people out um, and play possum, but I think uh, we're going to be in for a bit of a surprise in season two. Lacey, are you in agreement with John?
2: Mm, so here's why this is a little tricky to me. I think that here's he, the thing. He's more mature than he lets on. Like I think he can talk, but I don't think that like he was playing tricks on people. If mm. that makes sense, like I think he's too young to like. Maliciously, or like, do things to be like, ah, yes, I'm I'm pulling one over on them. But I think that he might be able to talk. And going back to what John said, I think the animatronic Yoda that comes out in December is coming out in December because it probably talks. Mm. So they held that toy until December, because if it didn't talk, why would you wait until December to have it come out? And I know it's like, obviously, toy makers are like Christmas, but it I mean, the one that's out now doesn't talk and it sold like hotcakes. So why wouldn't you put it out now? If it doesn't
0: Favreau's like, I don't care about Black Friday, you're protecting this secret.
2: I mean, he did it for the first season, so maybe it talks because all we've seen so far with the animatronic one is it being presented. Yeah like at toy fair or on gma and mm. it just makes cooing noises but it might be able to talk by the time it comes out mm. so i think yes it's more mature than we think it is but i don't think it's like i'll get them
0: oh i didn't mean it like that i meant it that, that i'm not be- saying
2: you did i'm just saying yeah. i think people have said that in the past oh okay uh, as like oh I think he is way more mature than he thinks and he knows what's going on and he's playing baby and I was like I don't know if that's the case
1: yeah hmm I I don't know I, I could see that being the case but I still think it's just it's that's baby Yoda at the age she's at you know and I I don't think there's gonna be any sort of uh, as Lacey was saying like pull over um, or playing possum as John was saying I I actually, I don't know. I almost tend to more believe that they could play with the idea of what training Jedi at 90 even meant. Um, if I don't know, I, I think if the thing talks, I, I think that's such a weird thing to just be like, Oh, Oh, you know, like what, what are you doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. Just don't talk. Like why why is it cooing and stuff? Like, I think that's where it's at. Um, but there was an interview that said that the, that the child is, is intelligent or he's beyond what he lets on. But I still think that they wanted to preserve this as a child. So he's smart, he's intelligent, but he's maybe hasn't figured it all out yet. And maybe speech is like one of the last things that it needs to work on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I understand the scenario. I'll figure out language and stuff later. Right. Like, so when it does start talking, it, it speaks intelligently, but I think right now, um, and probably for the foreseeable future, uh, they want to keep baby Yoda as baby Yoda as they can. Just my opinion.
0: That's how, that's how it goes. Uh, We got one more. That's how it goes. We share opinions. And, and they good.
1: listen. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we got one more uh, with uh, Baby Yoda uh, for Will the Force. And that question is Will we ever see Force Ghost Yoda, the OG, the original, uh, communicate with Tiny, aka Baby Yoda? So this question is pretty broad because it starts with ever, right? <laughs> will we ever see this? Uh, Lacey, what do you think? This is the episode. This is the one where you can talk.
2: I know. I'm thinking like my (laughs) initial response was, uh, uh aha, very funny. The initial response was no in The Mandalorian because it doesn't really make sense right now. Like, why would Yoda Mm -hmm. be talking? But then you said ever. And I'm like, well, ever. If we see Baby Yoda later in another movie with Rey, yeah, Yoda could potentially show up. So I'm going to say yes because. I don't want to shut the door on Yoda ever showing up because we never thought we'd see Yoda again and he showed up in The Last Jedi. So,
3: What do you think, John? Uh,
0: No, I don't think so. Um, I I think it would be cool. Um, I think it would be like a sweet moment too, kind of like the old generation, the old guard and the new. I think that could be a powerful Star Wars moment if they capture that the right way. So I would love to see it, but I don't think it's going to happen. So no.
1: Man, Lacey is right. That word ever is very tricky. But I fall back on what little I know about Force Ghosts, which tends to be that there's a reason they show up, and they show up to... Kind of finish or help people that they specifically worked with when they were alive um, now they could still write that story baby Yoda was alive at the same time Yoda was alive absolutely um, but it hasn't been told yet so I'm assuming that they haven't met and assuming that they haven't met they would have no reason to communicate through the cosmic force that's it yeah. sweet so i'm gonna
0: go with that no. real, real quick ha- have people already like discussed like whether that could be the child of yoda as that's been like beaten to death by people we haven't really talked about that because yep. we brushed it aside i think right
1: well <laughs> if i remember correctly when we first were introduced to baby yoda the first thing was Hmm. Yeah. Well, we only know yeah. of two other of this species. One was male. One was female. Mm-hmm. They clearly knew each other, which they we still don't know what it other. is. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I think, I think the question of is Baby Yoda the child of Yoda and Yaddle uh, is a possibility. It's still, it's still in the realm, right? It's still there. Like, right. has
0: Yoda ever gotten wet? Like, what if it's like gremlins, where they don't even like reproduce the right way? Like, <laughs> that's, you just... not
1: the, that's not the meaning I thought you were going with.
0: Yeah, you know, what, James, <laughs> you're getting you're getting saucy these days. What? Well,
1: all right. Uh, but no, I I mean I don't know. I I tend to think <laughs> with the Mandalorian cloning symbol that it probably has something to do with cloning and force recreation and i don't know rebirth or something not really rebirth but you know what i mean like some sort of clone or something yeah. um that's it you guys want to end up uh and will of the force and head on to the next section what's it called lacy patreon padres that's the one
2: all right guys it's time for the patreon pod race So there are a lot of different ways that you can support us. You can like this video, content, uh, comment, subscribe, etc. You can also follow us on Twitter at RBATSWNN. Um, or you could support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Uh, there's all different tiers um, and different types of access and content that you can be a part of. And our top tiers, our generals, uh, get to be a part of the show. So first of all, before we kick this off, I want to thank our generals Um, Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Tampa Movie Guy, Michael Gaines, Jetta Rosewater, and Val Trichkoff. So, thank you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, so, Patreon Podrace is where we give one general each week a chance to be a part of the show and they answer a question that we give to them and they have 60 seconds or less to answer. So this week, we have General David Probus, who's General Greybeard, part of the Beard Squadron, as you'll soon find out. <laughs> um, and we asked him, what is your favorite special effects sequence in all of Star Wars? And bonus, since you're a big quote guy, what is your favorite Star Wars quote? So David, take it away.
4: Ow. <clears throat> oh, hey, y'all. What's up? General Greybeard here, just doing a little... Uh... Shaving be careful when you're shaving with Vader's saber burns a little hot Kind of like Vader did on uh, Mustafar, but uh, you know how that is anyway um, So my favorite uh, Special-effect sequence in Star Wars has to be the Vader scene at Rogue One um, It's not really high-tech, but there's a lot of like simple, you know wire tricks things like that pyros Smoke tricks that uh, that are all put together that to make that scene look really really good and uh just love that scene and uh, also i was thinking about you know what my favorite quote in star wars is i'm a dark side guy as you can see there and uh, my favorite quote would be the dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural hope you're doing well and everybody's staying safe beard squadron is out
2: wow So that is quite the uh, quarantine technique of shaving with the lightsaber. (laughs) I wouldn't advise it, but I understand why. Um, Great answer. John, what do you think?
0: Yeah. Well, first off, the quote, uh, absolutely. Um, You must have just freaked then when you saw um, them call it back in The Rise of Skywalker. Um, Unless that version made, like, put you over the top that it's your favorite quote. But uh, I love that quote, too. (laughs) Um, so good call there, and then the Vader scene. I mean, what else can you say about it? Uh, just classic. It, it I think it put Rogue One over the top for a lot of people. Um, finally seeing that version of Vader um, slicing guys up on the ceiling that he forgot about. That's my favorite part. I don't know if that's yours, but uh, great scene. Uh, I'm surprised you picked that considering all the grand special effects that have been in Star Wars. But when you break it down to simplicities it took a lot to make that scene happen and uh, special effects were a big part of that. So, uh, good on you there. And, uh, dude, thanks for being just the coolest of the cool, Making up the beard squadron thing with you and uh, general Beard John Reese. Uh, love you guys. Thanks for uh, always being positive, being great in the chats, um, being part of the TRB community and, uh, being one of our most beardly generals. Thanks, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> James.
0: um, yeah, I think what
1: John was saying about the the that particular scene, I think everybody, I think everybody wanted that scene to be great, so they loved it. You know, what I mean, they're like, "Oh my God, is Vader going to do a thing?" And he turns on the saber and stuff. They're like, "All right, this is about to get awesome. It's <laughs> about to get yeah. like my favorite thing ever." <laughs> right, and they just watch it with like pure childlike, uh, you know, happiness. Um, about that quote, it's funny too because you know. It's almost one of those things that's like, this is an amazing quote from the prequels and they wanted to bring it back, so they brought it back in Tross and it just made me think like, does Palpatine think that's a callback to his own quote? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm i living my life. If I if there was ever a time when I said something and I was like, oh man, I bet that like was like, that really impacted the people that I said that to. I'm going to wait like 30 years and then I'm going to say that line again and be like, if they ever make my story a movie, fans are going to be like, oh Who <laughs> wrote that line in there? It's like I wrote that line right. in there. Yeah. <laughs> I went back. I did a callback on my own life and my own dialogue. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> love it.
2: Any Anything else?
1: <laughs> oh, and I mean, great video. <laughs> Thanks. You did an awesome job. I love the lightsaber. Thanks for being a general.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. That is, I think that's the best scene in Rogue One. I will fight people, <laughs> Vader style, who don't agree with me. It's just, it's so good. And I remember like squealing in the movie theater when it happened because you you just grow up wanting to see Vader do like crazy stuff like that. And then when you finally get to see it in action, it's one of those things that you're like, yes, this is what I've always wanted. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, David, you did a great job. Thank you so much for being a patron. Um, And again, if you guys want to get involved, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Now we're going to head over to John for a special interview.
0: Yes, so thank you, Lacey, and thank you, patrons. Um, Yeah, so now uh, usually we do a discussion of different uh, forms and varieties, but sometimes we have guests and we do interviews, and sometimes we do those ahead of time, and that's what we did here. We were able to uh, be joined by Yoshi Vu, who was senior generalist and environmental artist artist for uh, Mandalorian and uh, The Rise of Skywalker, and he sat down with us for a good chunk of time. We got to pick his brain on what it's like to do it, and uh, he was really great, we really enjoyed it, as you heard us talk about it in the top of the show. So, uh, let's send it to us right now, talking with Yoshi Vu.
3: Obi One once thought as you do.
0: Yoshi, thanks so much for joining us on uh, the Resistance broadcast. Glad to have you.
5: Thank you. It's an honor to be here. All <laughs> right. Digitally.
0: <laughs> Digitally, right, right. It's a it's a crazy time in the world, um, but. It's, you know, it's funny, we do this all the time because the three of us are in three different locations. So this is normal for us. And it's weird that this is uh, new for a lot of people to adjust to. But for us, when we're doing this and doing the podcast, we feel normal. So this is the only right. normal thing yeah. going on right now.
2: We were ahead before we knew we were ahead.
0: Yeah, it's funny seeing people like, well, how do I talk to people? I don't want to talk to people. And I'm like, that's all we can do, man. Um, <laughs> but um, So before we get into... Uh, what you did specifically and get into The Mandalorian and The Rise of Skywalker uh, as a senior generalist and environmental artist uh, for our audience can you kind of explain what that job is and what you do in that role for ILM and uh, in other areas
5: um, so it, it's kind of a jack of all trades position in um, you know, a little concept little matte painting mostly what I primarily do myself is environment modeling um, so that's that's pretty much it we do compositing as well it's it's kind of the swiss army knife of of each studio is the generalist department Uh, i was also at blur studio prior to that and it it kind of works the same way there Uh, the reason is because as a generalist it's a good way to end the pipeline I, i guess you could say or get close to the end because instead of uh sending something back if you need something changed we can just do it there because we know how to do uh all if not most of the different facets Mm. of the pipeline
0: Mm -hmm. okay so it's are you saying it's sort of it's the last the last stuff that needs to be done before final is that a fair way to put that
5: uh close it's not the last step the last step for me i think is uh you know compositing and color correction and all that nice stuff at the Mm. end but as far as the 3d uh parts go it's it's kind of the end that's that's where it ends
0: okay huh. great now um i guess before we hop into mando in terms of physical because the word matte painting everyone thinks of the old backdrops and like the empire strikes back and hoth and that sort of stuff um yeah. a, a, do you, have did you go back and do any kind of uh just in general with your career and into how it used to go down or have you just been all in on new technology and that sort of thing um is any, any kind of Inspirations based on the old school guard. Uh, do you work with anybody who's familiar with doing that sort of stuff? Anything like that?
5: Um, so I am all about the new, but mm-hmm. using the old techniques, if that makes any sense. Uh, mm-hmm. So all the digital brushes I use all emulate real brushes. Because, oh, wow. yeah, because, you know, you have things like happy accidents. A brush stroke is never going to be perfect. You have little imperfections in it, mm-hmm. and that adds to it. Um, so, you know, we try to recreate it digitally just not because it's better looking. I think it's just better as an artist working to work that way because you, you have control Z, which you you don't have when you're you're oil painting or acrylic painting, (laughs) you put it down. That's kind of it (laughs) unless you can cover it up. So that's the main thing to me. Same thing with, um, digital modeling, as opposed to physical prop building. Uh, I love both. Uh, I I don't want to make it sound like I'm all digital because, because I'm not, I'm all for whatever works the best and looks the best in any given situation. Uh, I'm a film buff in the, in, at the end of the day. And that's all I care about is the end result. So it doesn't matter how we get there. It's, you know, as long as everybody loves it, when they see it, that's all that matters.
1: Are you, uh-huh. are you actually, when you watch the show, are you happy generally with what, what you came out with? Or do you notice the little things you're like, we never quite got that Right.
5: So I, I something get, maybe nobody would even notice, but I can't get too much into specifics about um, how Lucasfilm r- runs things because I'm not hundred percent sure on what I can say, but, but I will <laughs> say that ILM has been held in high regard in terms of visual effects and being there, I completely understand why, you know, it, it, it's you're surrounded by extremely talented people and I wouldn't say they nitpick, but they're very particular with everything they want. You know, they they require a certain level of quality and skill, and so you know the fact that I somehow tricked my way into there is is, is kind of cool, but <laughs>
1: so, you know, but but it, cool is, it is. That's cool, though. I like very, hearing
5: that. Yeah, it is a very you know everybody's a, a true artist there. I guess I could say that. So I can't think of anything specifically that it was like. Oh man, we we couldn't finish that because I'm sure as well as. You could probably assume with something like Star Wars, you don't want to you don't want to cut any corners,
3: right? No, right. yeah, right. Right.
5: yeah. I right. saw in and your
2: uh, Twitter account I might have creeped a little bit that you had an old school picture <laughs> from like 1999 of you in like Jedi garb with your friend, and now you both kind of worked for uh, ILM and working on Star Wars. First of all, have you always wanted to work on Star Wars? Before we really get into the nitty gritty of what you do and. Like, how is it just being able to say that you've worked on it, being that you started from a fan role and now you're in that professional role?
5: So it doesn't feel like I'm on the other side of it yet, if that makes any (laughs) sense. I mean, I know technically I am, but I just feel Mm -hmm. like I'm a fan that got a really, really cool collector's item, which is my name in the credits. (laughs) That's that's, that's kind of what it feels like. So yes, that picture was with one of my best friends, uh, David Espinoza. He... We went to high school together. He worked at a comic book store called Mile High Comics where he uh, he's a huge Star Wars geek. I think he was in the orange county register one of the newspapers the local newspapers for having like a huge star wars collection when he was 15 they came and like picture took pictures of his room
2: that's so funny so that's that's how
5: we became friends because we were both you know big star wars fans and he worked at a comic Mm -hmm. book store and of course being 15 you know the kid that works at the comic book store you want to be his friend because you think you're going to get some free stuff or something (laughs) yeah (laughs) but did you No. I got a good (laughs) friend out of it, though. Yeah, there you go. Can't can't put a price (laughs) on that. But, uh, you know, we we were trying to do Star Wars fan films. And unfortunately, at the time, our skills in doing such things were very limited. So we settled on taking pictures at school and trying to Photoshop it with, I think, Photoshop 5 at the time. And it was in 99. (laughs) And we were like 15 or 16. And thought nothing of it. 20 years later, we're still working towards the same goal. And I wanted to give... David props, too, because right after high school, he beelined for his goal. I joined the military first, but he beelined for his goal, oh, and wow. he was actually an artist on uh, Star Wars and Knights of the Old Republic too.
3: Nice. Uh, he, oh, wow. He
5: painted a, a pretty iconic photo, of a picture of um, Darth Nihilus. It might be a, mm. a picture, a digital painting you've seen with the lightsaber glow. Sure. And he's looking straight. Yeah, so he painted that, and I saw that, and I remember thinking, like, holy crap, you – You worked on a Star Wars thing. I thought that was done. Yeah, I mean, after the prequels, I thought the biggest we'll ever get. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. you know, after the prequels, I thought, oh well, that's it. You know, but you were like,
0: but do you have every Nintendo game though? Because I do. Okay, (laughs) every every Nintendo
5: game ever made, or every Star Wars Nintendo game?
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, So before now, we want to get into kind of what the work you did on uh, the Mandalorian. But um, did you? And you know, you can be honest, or you can not. Whatever. But did you take an HD 4K screenshot of your name in the credits, have it printed and framed on your wall?
5: I did not, but
0: (laughs) I would have done that.
5: Yes, I I thought about it, but instead I just took like I have back there. I have my episode nine poster and I have a Mandalorian poster and I had pretty much everyone in the studio that worked on it sign it for me.
4: Oh, Um, oh, So I I held on
5: to it and by sheer coincidence. I had worked on an independent movie called Anonymous Killers, and it starred a guy named Dominic Pace. And it turns out he's in The Mandalorian. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And it was just a random indie movie. And I don't usually work on indie movie. It was just a friend, you know, a <laughs> friend of a friend called me and said, Hey, I need some help on my indie movie. I'm like, Yeah, hey, I'll help mm-hmm. you out. Sure. Right. It's this guy, Dominic Pace, and he's in The Mandalorian. And I'm finishing up Mandalorian. I'm about to come back to the United States. And uh, the director of Anonymous Killers, he's like, hey, you want to come to the premiere? I'm like, oh, yeah. So, I bring the Mandalorian poster with me to the premiere. Oh, right And I see him there. And I'm like, hey, what's up, dude? Would you sign my poster? You're in the Mandalorian. (laughs) I'm just trying to get everybody on here. So, So that was kind of cool. (laughs) Uh,
3: Yeah,
0: I I saw him in LA um, when, I'm trying to think. So we went out for the Rise of Skywalker, I think, and Mm -hmm. I saw him on the street just walking around and Mm. I was with somebody else and they kind of stopped and started chatting and he gave us these little, um, uh, like five by sevens with his character on it and signed Mm. it for my son. So I have that upstairs, uh, which my son's only one, so he doesn't appreciate it yet, but one day I'm sure he'll appreciate (laughs) it. Um, but uh speaking of speaking of mando let's kind of get into it so you worked on uh one chapter and it was uh sanctuary uh the one with the village and 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 that's, uh you're gonna hate uh, me season. i don't
5: know the name off the top of my head it's the fourth episode yeah so whichever that yeah i one think is. it was
0: i think it was sanctuary i think that's what it was called yeah um, Yeah, it was
5: a uh, the atst attack scene that was one of okay them.
0: So why don't you just get into the work you did on it and um, whatever you can divulge about the process and, and uh, what you brought to the table for that uh,
5: episode. So for that particular sequence, I was an environment artist uh, and a generalist, so I was kind of helping out with uh, making the environments, you know, the little little huts and stuff. Uh, I did this the sequence where Kara uh, Dune, played by the awesome Gina Carano, who I think is just gorgeous but she pops out and you know shoots and that's I, I made that little environment um but there's also a scene where the mando is looking out a window and he takes off his helmet but you don't really see it you know it's like out of frame he's yeah. eating uh-huh. so yeah. when he looks out the window there um I, I did that environment which is you know part matte painting part cg so
3: that's
2: really cool wow.
1: i'm gonna go back yeah. and watch rewatch all this stuff <laughs> just- i got not now <laughs>
0: I got it now. So I'm thinking about, like, you're saying the, what is it, Control Z? Is that the move? Go back?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is.
0: Because you said you dropped the line, happy, happy mistakes or happy accidents. That made me think of Bob Ross, right? And I'm just thinking, like, though, like you said, those things didn't exist. So when you kind of like go for it, are you, because the technology is there, it must be a different world where you can really take some risks knowing you could just bop back out. Where back in the day, they're like, ah, we have to scrap this whole thing and do it again. So do you feel because of the technologies there, you can take more risks which lead to a better product in the end?
5: Absolutely. You can you can work in layers and sections. Uh, for example, I mean, this is theoretic. Let's say I paint a scene or a background and I paint like, um, I don't know, a wrecked ad-ad back there. And, you know, I go, oh, you know what? I, I need that thing closer. Instead of having to repaint it, you can just grab it, scale it up, you know, right. there you yeah. go. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, you know, working like that, you can go, oh, I'm putting a bundle of trees here. Ah, I don't like that. Let me move that over here. You know, whereas before, that that's that's kind of it. You, oh, well, start over. Mm-hmm. All right. So it, that, that wow. is a huge plus on the process. And it definitely allows you to look at things differently because you can quickly – Look dev, I guess you could say. You can quickly go, uh, how does this look? Nah, 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 I don't like it. How does this look? Okay, that, that looks better maybe. And that's also how, and this is not, you know, a lot of things I'm telling you is not specific to Lucasfilm so much as just sure. uh, major studios in general. But uh, my supervisor works that way when he looks at my, uh, most of my supervisors, anywhere, everywhere I've been, they'll look at something you did and they'll paint over. Hey, add a little more light here. You know, this could be a little piece over here. Maybe add something mm-hmm. to obstruct the view here that looks interesting. Things like that that really give you a sense of direction in uh, right. what you're doing.
1: I I have a question. You mentioned your supervisor. Uh, what how, like how? the charts do you go with people you, you work with? Like for instance, Bryce Dallas Howard was the uh, director on that episode. Do you have any interactions with her or, or how far up the chain do you go?
5: Um, I was in Singapore, so I basically just sat at a desk. <laughs> I, just, I, don't, I don't go on set, you know, it's not it's not as glamorous yeah. as as it as it seems. I don't I don't get to hang out with all the actors and stuff. That's why mm-hmm. that's why I have to go to conventions just like everybody else to get autographs.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Is it is it a thing though where you'll get because my understanding is that directors get kind of like final approval on what gets made. So do you get mm-hmm. feedback from the director's offices at least saying like they didn't like that. You need to change this. Is there any, like you say uh, it's towards the end of the process, but is there any like pushback? Yeah, you, like, you, you, ah, we need, yeah.
5: Yeah. I mean, you guys know how it goes, right? I mean, it doesn't matter how far along in a, in a film or TV show you are. Sometimes you know, changes happen until the end. It, it is what it is. I mean, mm-hmm. hell, I think I was working on green lantern up until a week before release, which is just ridiculous, but, mm. yeah. right, right, um, we do get notes from up top, and you know sometimes you do have to start things over. It, it is what it is, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. So right. you you try to fight it if you can. Sure. Yeah, you know, you, you yeah. do, I I don't want to say fight it. You try to make um, a legitimate argument to keep your artwork certain times or, or certain ways, and sometimes you win, sometimes you don't. Yeah, you know, uh, right. but certain directors and clients and supervisors are, are more easygoing than others. Some have a very clear vision of what they want. Others are more like, oh, do your thing, you know, make it look cool. So, yeah.
0: Right. Is, it, is it a situation for you personally in your mind, like going into a project, knowing like, oh, well, you know, Bryce Dallas Howard is directing this episode I'm working on. This is her first directing job. So... I'm not going to worry about pushback here. I'm just going to do what I got to do and it's going to be good to go. Or are you thinking like this is Disney star Wars and this is John Favreau's thing. Is it, is it ever in your mind on who's pulling the strings? Or is it just the same process for you, no matter what job you're on?
5: Uh, For me, it's the same process. It's, it's always, I just, you know, buckle down and do the best that I can do and Uh put in a hundred percent, you know, that's kind of, par for the course I, I feel like that's how it should be you know. especially mm-hmm. but, but that's not to say that when working on something you enjoy it, there's not a little extra um, incentive or you know motivation I guess you could say sure I get that. Uh, like, you know like a lot of other things for example I, I worked on Marvel properties as well and while I did you know enjoy comic books and cartoons as a kid and I grew watched the X-Men cartoons growing up I was not as big into it so mm-hmm and uh, I just want to clarify this wasn't while I was at Lucasfilm but at another studio you know there's certain things I did for uh, certain Marvel properties where me not being as familiar with it I just, I just kind of made it up you know I was like oh what is this supposed to be like, <laughs> I, I don't know I just, you know but with something like Star Wars I would never I would never right. just make something up. Like, that. no way. You can't do that. Right. Like, you will get eaten right. alive. I would have right. eaten the people alive as a fan yeah. watching. Like, no, that's right. not right.
4: Respect. You know? Respect. So, respect. so yeah. you know,
5: it's all about going into the archives and pulling out the original matte paintings and looking at them carefully. Like, you know, like, okay, I have to find out what made this unique, what made it special, what's iconic about it, and how do I um, pay tribute to this in the best way yes. possible while still completing my job you know and portraying a different story
2: so you worked on the mandalorian and the rise of skywalker yes was the process different from tv to movie for star wars or was it very similar
5: uh it's it's more or less the same uh with with i I guess it would be pretty obvious normally uh, having me having worked on both television and film prior sure uh, usually the process for TV, it's I would say it's several milestones behind movies, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Basically, right. in a movie, when you bring a shot into dailies, it's like, oh, tweak this, okay, tweak that, okay, and we'll keep doing it until it looks perfect. Whereas in TV show, we might only do half that process. It's like, Got uh, it. good enough. Is it because of time yeah.
2: compared it's to the time, movie? Like the budget. movie, you have more time.
5: Yes, you know they have the budget for it. I mean, if you're going to pay an artist ten days to work on something versus three, you're going to get the results accordingly got it right
2: right right.
5: it is what it is but working on mandalorian i gotta say it was a little different they they uh, you saw i mean you watched it right it looks yeah yeah. yeah. some high quality work
1: haven't caught it yet no i'm just yeah right yeah
0: (laughs) so um we you know we want to shift to what you were doing for the rise of skywalker but i think the three of us would like to know um keeping secrets of stuff has to be like torture for you internally even though you do it because you're a professional but you know the baby Yoda thing was kept under wraps by everybody everyone was kind of surprised by that even the biggest leakers around didn't really pick up on that one so was knowing that like I'm on the inside I know everything and you'd all don't or was it like oh my god just don't talk in your sleep type of situation for you Mm
5: -hmm. it is terrible as a fan (laughs) (laughs) I gotta tell you you go in and a, everything's, <laughs> not everything, but you go in, A, things are spoiled. Yeah. Taken out of context and out of order. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and you see things that, you know, may or may not be cut or may be included. You don't know. Yeah. And so, so, so this is, it's a jumble of information because you, you have, you don't have any context. You know, you're just seeing things. But for me like I said it, it's a bad thing being a fan because you watch and you're like oh no I didn't want to know that yet you know?
3: All <laughs> right. Like, like working
5: on Mandalorian the quote unquote baby that <laughs> was my first shot that I was assigned to him looking out the window the l- oh, little man. child running around like eating the little frog or whatever <laughs> and I remember I loaded up my, my scene They're like, this is your, your first shot assigned for the show and I loaded up, I'm like oh what is this this is adorable what is this <laughs> <laughs> and I look over at my friend Dave and he leans over he goes what do you see oh what is that <laughs> and then the first thing we looked at each other and said was everybody's gonna want one like yeah. everybody it's like how do you know because i want one now right. and it's not even <laughs> right, <done."> right, right.
0: <laughs> um it's a, so you didn't so it's not a thing where you're aware of all that's going on before you get the visuals it's just kind of like boom there's your there's your shot that you're working on today
5: uh, yes and no. I'm sure I could access, yeah. you know, everything if I wanted to, but <clears throat> I, I never tried. I don't want to. I don't want to read anything. I don't want to, you know. Sure, sure. Because like sure. just, just, you're a right.
2: fan too. You want to experience yeah, it for absolutely. what you can without, obviously, all the other stuff. Yeah, hundred
5: percent. <laughs> it's so, such a weird so I mean, I got the, experience. I got the, like, I got the Empire like, tattoo. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're legit.
2: Um, nice. Yeah,
0: I was gonna
5: say. And now such now a, that. Uh, I wanted to add to the tattoo now that I've worked on episode nine. I, I told my wife I wanted to add on top of it in a Arabesh, do or do not.
4: Yeah. So.
5: Yeah. Like, nice. Like, hey, Absolutely. did it. Did it.
1: <laughs> um. The, the the world that, you know, when you see something that is kind of like a spoiler, but you have no context for the spoiler, it's like we all watched that first episode having no clue that Baby Yoda was coming, but you watch the episode and go, I have no clue or like you're starting to piece together. Maybe that's who they're talking about. You know, you, you have this mm-hmm. unique, uh, vision of the things that you work on. And I think that's really awesome. Like it's still it's yeah. not necessarily spoiled. Like aspects of it are spoiled, but you mm-hmm. get, uh, a, a, a watching for the first time that nobody else gets, you know, that's cool.
5: Yeah, that's true. That's, a, that's an interesting way to look at it. Kind of like the little symbols they show you at the beginning of Ozark episodes, I guess. Oh, yeah. I, ne- I oh, never well, figured those that? out, I got to figure way. that out. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I, oh, a
3: band-aid,
0: caring. a bicycle. What? I have no idea what's happening in Ozark. <laughs> um, all right. So, episode nine, um, you obviously being a Star Wars fan, this is the end of the Skywalker saga. So, maybe you had a little of those anxieties going in. Like, I don't want to know what's going on here. But you had to work on... Uh, well, why don't you just tell us what uh, what you worked on for uh, The Rise of Skywalker and then we can pepper you with... So,
5: I was <laughs> in charge specifically of three shots and I helped out with a few others. But the three shots that I handled were... And I'm assuming you all watched it. So, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't. I don't know why they'd be <laughs> listening to this if they haven't. But um, <laughs> when Rey is on the skiff and she's riding into the Death Star wreckage. So... The first shot, looking down, a downward angle, and you see a top view. The bottom mm-hmm. half was my stuff, and the top half was another teammate of mine. He made the top half; I that's made the bottom so half. Nice.
3: That's, that's insane. So fun.
5: <laughs> well, yeah, because the next shot right after that is a front view of her going into it, and that's all mine. Uh, I had some help with like little things, like uh, other there. You know, obviously, it's a lot for one person. So, but I was a, uh, I was uh, the main uh for that. And then we had another guy named Asir come in and help out with little details. He put like little, you know, cables and things like that. That's cool. Um, but I did that shot uh, and I lit that shot and then the immediate following shot after that with the establishing camera panning in and the wrecked TIE fighter and Ray's climbing up the thing. Yeah. Right. So I got to make a wrecked TIE fighter, you know? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, so and, and I know people are telling me, you know, we have a library. You go, shh. Sh- I'm making it. I'm
0: making it.
5: I don't need head? Did you make like a (laughs) headcanon
0: backstory for that TIE Fighter pilot and why that happened and all that?
5: Of course, you have to. uh, As an artist, you have to do that because it tells a story properly. Uh, I I know it sounds silly, but and I'm not going to name which comic book artist it is, but let's just say there's a comic book artist that uh, when I was growing up, going to art school, I was taught not to do that. It's like, oh, this character, they have all these... Pouches on them and armor. Like, why do they have all those pouches? What purpose, is, what purpose does it serve? <laughs> you know, why do these characters have giant shoulder armor? Who are they tackling? How can they lift right. their arms up? Right, and right, So when you design like that, yeah, you, you never put anything in just because it looks cool. It has to have a function. So right. when you design something, you know, it's like, oh, why is this this way? What, what happened? Yeah. Here? Why was this wrecked? And in my head, I'm thinking like, oh, maybe when the Death Star exploded, this TIE fighter came off the hangar. Um, the hanger and the piece came with it and maybe it hit a side before it rolled into this spot. And that's why the wing is this way. You I know, you that. think about that. And then you pull out all the old, um, you know, Star Wars cross sections books and you're like, oh, there's there's cooling tubes inside the, uh, inside the heat exchangers on the side of the TIE fighter. They look like they're made of copper and blah, blah, blah. And you figure out how all of it works. Because That's if it's amazing. busted open, I guarantee you someone's going to notice and be like, well, you know, in episode, blah, blah, you know, like, <laughs> right, right, data fans. I mean, I, I'm a fan. Don't get me wrong. But there right. are you're over there like, just,
3: I
2: got this. I'm going to do yeah, this. Yeah, I got to like,
5: is there's fans that, you know what I'm talking about? They recite things down to the detail. But on the technical <laughs> manual, page 37, article two, <laughs> I'm like, how, how do you know this? Like, <laughs>
1: So so actually, it's kind of funny because that you're saying that because I was thinking that when you say I got to design a TIE fighter. My question is, how much do you know about that type of detail? And did you, in this case, kind of create a new TIE fighter? No, Or did no, you just was, say like, no, it's exactly verbatim this other TIE fighter?
5: No, no, no. There, there's, there's, there's no redesigning. That is the Death Star 2 and the TIE fighters mm-hmm. in there belong in return of the Jedi. And that's to me, that's period. There's no greater exclamation. Like you're not changing that. That's like, that's like messing with the, the, the the Bible or something. I don't know. Right. (laughs) right. I think,
1: I think where that question comes from is the whole, like those tie fighters didn't have hyperdrive. You know, they weren't able to, to go into light speed. And then in this movie you have Kylo Kylo Ren, or you should say Ben solo at this point, does get to exegol using you know hyperspace travel and stuff so people were like those tie fighters that and then they're trying to explain that how did that how did these ones so i start thinking there are other types of tie fighters on the death star that we've never seen before and then you say i got to design a, tie, and i'm like ooh, i'm kind of interested in that but you're saying uh, yeah i don't want to say design that, so the much one i designed is as classic as it gets so right. remember
2: that guy right. you mentioned that would like ask you questions about if that Tie Fighter was that Tie Fighter on page thirty-seven. That's this James guy right is here. that guy.
0: James is the guy. Yeah.
5: I mean, um, all right. It was good enough that people around us would have to ask. Generally, not everybody. There are plenty of Star Wars fans there, but some to greater extents than others. <laughs> right. And some mm-hmm. of them would would have to ask me and my friend David, like, "Oh, does this look like it would fit into that universe?" And I'm like, uh, no, that's that's not right." You know, like, right? You know, oh, should we put a logo on one of the walls in the Death Star? Like, no, that that that, that didn't happen. They don't. They don't. Do that. There's no IKEA lamps in there. You know, like, no. not to say yeah. that was a real so, question, but
3: right yeah, <laughs> on that
0: on that theme, um, kind of to parlay off of what James was saying, is there like, because you're you were a Star Wars fan, but there's obviously other um artists that maybe aren't that are just on a job Uh, is there a crash course like sort of like uh so so they can understand and be brought up to speed in terms of how to design in star wars for people who may not be as well versed or is it just like i gotta do what i gotta do and then get feedback and change and tweak and story group and blah blah blah
5: um that's kind of a tough one to answer because i didn't it was, it was such a fast pace that I didn't really get to talk to a lot of the other employees too much other than them coming or me asking them certain questions throughout the day, work related. But okay. I don't think it would be an issue if they weren't a fan like, or they knew nothing about it just because we all work on movies and properties every day that, you know, we might not be familiar with. So right, that's yeah. where you just do your due diligence and you look at the concept art, you look at the different paintings, you look at the previous reference and go, okay, okay, This is kind of the, I mean, as an artist, you can at least get like the look and feel and and the tone and try to um, do something that fits in. And Mm -hmm. as you can see it, you know, for all intents and purposes to me, anyway, it works.
4: And then you have someone
5: awesome, like, you know, and that's why you have uh, art directors, you have supervisors because they kind of can bring everything together. So they can go to the different artists and say, Hey, you know, go check out what this guy's doing or send him your, Uh, Lighting file that you're using the light so he can match and, you know, give her your ship and blah, blah, blah. So there's someone (laughs) actually coordinating and making sure everyone's on the same page. That's just uh, most films in general. Like, you you would have a continuity supervisor, things like that. Right. So, yeah. I mean, my dream right now is. Go
0: ahead. No, I was going to say, it's another thing people always point out is continuity issues. That's like a big thing with fans, especially now when you could stop every frame. It's crazy.
5: Yeah. It's tough too because like i said a lot of things it's impossible to to figure out because maybe the way they filmed it the sets were rotated in the middle of shooting so it, the, the the blueprints wouldn't actually line up that way mm-hmm. things like that you know so that's why uh if you see the making of it, the the making of rise of skywalker you'll see they talk about having to lay out the death star wreckage because right we had to build it and then is. break it yeah yeah, and there's like this insane. big map that, like, oh, this has to go here. Which part am I making? Oh, this is over here from this <laughs> angle. Um, oh, you should see that piece in the background. Hey, I need your piece. Like, you know, that goes in here. So, you know, we, we try to do our due diligence and get everything accurate and correct for you, lovely people. Which well, includes-
0: we, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, we appreciate that. Now, um, a question I have in terms of the environment. Uh, the working environment because you seem to be like the way you're referring to your friends who's working on this or my buddy worked on this. I worked on the bottom half. He worked on the top half. Is there ever, is it like a, like almost like a, like cowboy mentality or is it very strict and like very professional? Is it, is it a mixture of both? And is there any competition? Like, dude, I crushed you on that shot. Like my half's better than your half. Like, is there any, (laughs) anything to keep it loose and light? Like give us the vibe of what it's like doing the work.
5: So, everybody's very supportive. Most industries I go to, everybody's very supportive because we help each other out. Uh, Nobody's going to know everything. And guaranteed at some point throughout the day or your career, you're going to need help or a question from someone else or they're going to have a solution that you don't have. So generally speaking, everybody's very friendly with each other. Now, in terms of how we split the workload, there's different tiers, you know, junior artists, mid-tier, senior. Uh, The junior artists, they are generally the guys that do like rocks, asteroids, debris, (laughs) You know, like, oh, (laughs) I finished building this entire uh, battle sequence for this movie or TV show. Here, go in and set dress and decorate with digital, you know, rubble and stuff like that. You know, because, you know, the the more skilled and experienced you are, they need you taking care of the bigger pieces. The mid-tier guys, the the mid-level artists, they generally, you can assign them bigger tasks and just tell them what to do and give them some directions. Senior level, which I was at, is for me super fun because that's when you actually have um creative input to a certain extent you can make you can make i don't want to say executive decisions but you can make decisions like if i decide to change the design layout i can i can change the lighting i can change certain things if i think it works better now granted that still has to go up the pipeline and get approved right but if it's genuinely a good idea, they'll. Some, most of the time, they'll go with it. Like, oh, you know, I like that. That looks good. Let's let's run it up. Uh-huh. Let's let's see what, you know, let's, let's see what the client thinks. And you know, and it's one of those things where the first time you hear, like, oh, let's see what JJ thinks, you're like, oh, oh man, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then you get something back. Look like, familiar, oh, he loves buddy? It. Oh, there you go, right? <laughs> there you know, it is. Like, like imagine <laughs> that, it. It doesn't feel that real, to me. Even, even answers there. the
1: question that I was asking earlier, like where, what's, where's the, where's the, you hear feedback from. I'm like, then it goes all the way to the top. In my opinion, like, we'll we'll send it over, see what JJ thinks. And it's like, yeah, Yeah,
5: I got to try to find a way to like, Scam myself into meeting him. Just be like, hey, uh, maybe you he can come to my desk and, and show me. Yeah. You're, you're right. <laughs> right. I, mean, yeah. Right. I can't read. Right. <laughs> Emails don't work. He's got to come here. Right, right, right. Get him on the first flight to Singapore. No, I don't Right.
0: Were you in Singapore to do the work for The Rise of Skywalker too? was that just Mandalorian?
5: I was there for Rise of Skywalker. Mandalorian, I jumped over to help out with a few sequences. But I was not primarily assigned to it. But huh. when they asked me if I could help, I mean, the chance to add another Star Wars property onto your resume—I mean, who's going to say no, right? Right. Yeah. So.
2: Nah, I'm good. Right. <laughs> nah. That's
5: nah. Cool.
0: So how how close to when the movie came out were you doing work for for nine?
5: Um. I don't know if I can answer that. So that's fine. That's fine. I'm not, I'm that's not 100% like came out sure. on a
0: Friday, uh, Tuesday, <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, an f- hour
0: before <laughs> showtime.
3: Uh, so yeah. Thursday
0: at eleven thirty p.m.
5: <laughs> right, yeah,
0: right. Right. Let me just touch up that wing, and uh, we'll send yeah, you on your way. I think the, uh, the no, worst. That's
5: cool. the worst thing for me was one TV show. You know, I think it was like Blacklist Redemption. Maybe I, I don't remember the show, but I, I was working on one episode. Um, I was there until. I think like 1 a.m. And then it aired that same day at 6 p.m.
3: Holy so cow. That, how did that
5: why I, that's Yeah, that's why I was there till 1 a.m. Because it was like, though no, this airs tomorrow. You cannot go home until this is done. Oh like, there's yeah. no way around this. <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't have a plan B. This is it.
0: <laughs> is that the James Spader show? Is that what you're
5: talking about? I, I think so. And it was something yeah. simple, too. It was something like um, a building. Like, it was a CG building in the background. Yeah. Like, because you know they're standing in front of like a bank i think and it's supposed to be something else so i had to make like a little <laughs> building and it was like no 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 the the, the logo's a little further down it's, it's more it's more reflective and it's like, oh, God, holy geez, cow. like little things here and there have you
1: <laughs> have you ever added something star wars to a to another show like you're like oh, i'll put a poster in there or something
5: uh i would love to but no i i can't <laughs> <No>. <laughs> just curious <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, I've, I've added little Easter eggs to things here and there, but it, it's generally things that only I would know about or I'd have to point it out. Right. Gotcha. That's cool. Yeah.
2: So seeing that you kind of work in a collaborative thing and you say that you find inspiration from other people, are there any projects that you've seen that you haven't worked on that you're like, man, that is an amazing example of visual effects, like recently in the past year?
5: Uh, Blade Runner 2049.
2: James loves, yes. that oh, James loves
5: that <laughs> yes. movie. James um, loves that movie. Yes. It was, uh, I think it was MPC, M- M- Moving Picture Company. They did the digital double for Rachel, which was outstanding. Mm. Oh, that was crazy. It was outstanding. Um, digital doubles can work. Uh, the problem is, it is such a heavy amount of work. It is so much work to get it looking good. And the problem with CG in general is a lot of times clients will make changes because they know it's CG. It's not, you know, something they filmed. It's not a prop. It's not a set. They can change it. Right. and That ends up biting us because now we have to go back and make changes. And that's less time that we have with each change now and things sure. look worse and worse. So the best example I can give is the, the reboot or remake, whatever you want to call it, of the thing. Mm. You know, people would were complaining about the CG on that, but a lot of I don't think a lot of people realized. They actually had practical stuff built for it. But oh, wow. Yeah, it was okay, ready yeah. to go and it looked great, but right. because of, you know, changes up top, up high at the executive level somewhere, change it, it's like, okay, well, we don't have time to build a, a new prop. What do we do? It's like, well, CG it. Well, you know, there's only X amount of time now. It's not going to look great. It is what it is. And then... You know, me being an artist, it sucks when the movie comes out. Everybody's like, see, that's why CG sucks. It's like, no. It's, it's, oh, yeah. So oh, it, yeah. You know? it must be yeah. a, have
2: been a tough year for you personally because of, like, the Sonic stuff and the cat stuff.
3: <laughs> you know
5: what the and you're just like, come like? on. One of my on. directed Sonic. What? One of my former co-workers or teammates directed Sonic.
2: Oh. <laughs>
5: oh, wow.
2: Well, the second one looked great. The first yeah, one.
5: I, thought that, yeah. I heard the movie was good.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> it made it made money. It did. Uh, it did successful, and people. I think uh, they're going to make a sequel. I think already. I think they're already talking about doing that. So, um, but yeah, I heard stuff it, about replacements in uh, the Rise of Skywalker, like the. I think you, I don't know if it was the documentary where they were saying how it was originally a tangible physical snake, and then they replaced it with CG because of varying reasons. So that example existed right there. Um, one thing I want to get your take on. Because you, you didn't work on Rogue One, right? So you can talk no. about that as an outsider. Okay. The 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 Tarkin thing, because you're talking about the success and you're able to do digital doubles. Do you think it was not ready yet in 2015 when they're making that movie to do a, a digital double of Tarkin? So that's why they had to do the the Guy Henry with the facing thing. Or do you think they just thought that was the better option at the time?
5: Um, I think it was one of those things where it just wasn't quite all the way there yet. And personally, I, I would have made some different choices. I, I mean, I think it did the job. I mean, you know who it was. The, the sure, story sure. was told, um, but it definitely is a product of its time in terms of the CG. You know, you, you go back and it's 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 a huge step above. Uh, what is it, Tron 2.0? Right. So oh, yeah, it's fridges. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know, it evolves like anything else. <laughs> right. But oh, can,
1: can I ask you a question too? Yes. Do who do you think looked better, uh, Tarkin or Leia?
5: Uh, which, you know, the funny thing is it wasn't a CG Leia, so...
1: No, I know, but... Oh, you're as, talking about as Rogue As someone one? In, in, the, it, in that in road world. One.
5: I in Rogue One. I thought Tarkin looked better than Leia, but I, I thought it was because... Boom! I thought it was because Tarkin <laughs> looked like Tarkin, if not a little, you know, just maybe not fully realistic, but I thought Leia didn't look as much as Leia as she could have, but... I mean, that's just, didn't, my, it, that's just my opinion.
1: It's not the answer I wanted to hear. <laughs> I, I was hoping to get out. a little justification because <laughs> I am very much in the minority where I'm like, I think Leia looked perfect, and I can tell that there's something going on with Tarkin.
5: Well, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's okay to be wrong. <laughs> 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 yeah, this <laughs> debate. That debate
0: is over now. <laughs> Yoshi's ended up. So, no, no. I, I mean, it's. I think.
5: Subjective. Th- yeah.
0: The the one thing that I feel like because I don't know the industry and how you do what you do but one thing i do always notice is that uncanny valley with the eyes is the one thing that they aren't always able to capture so if you had put it up, put sunglasses on tarkin for whatever reason i'd be like that looks legit but when you see his eyes there's something not there uh yeah. is that a discussion that's had in the industry like why can't we get like perfect the eyes
5: um, well, we know why we can it's just, it's 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 a matter of getting there, you know? It's like- Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like drawing something. It's like, well, how can you get this more realistic? It's like, well, you just need more skills and figure out that. The, the, the problem is a human face, you know, we look at it every day. We know exactly what it is and what it looks like and if something's off, we can tell immediately. I mean, look at the best wax figures in the world. Right away, you're like, oh, something's off or even- a living person looking at you who is like not paying attention, their eyes, you know, gloss over. Right away, you're like, hey, or, you're not there. So, imagine trying to capture that digitally. It mm-hmm. is so hard. Sure, the best sure. way, I think, is just to leave leave the eyes, you <laughs> know, leave them alone. <laughs> Use the real yeah, eyes. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, there's a few times where it works. Like, for example, Blade Runner. I thought they did a good job. Ironically, Davy Jones in the the, the Pirates movies. Mm-hmm. I thought oh, they did a good so job. good. Yeah. Yeah, I thought they did a great job. Yeah. So it, it it's it's not something I can I can personally pinpoint. Hmm. I just know it's like, oh, we know it's there. We know it's that one percent away. It's just right. How do we close that gap? It's just it's like an infinite gap that just won't close. Right. I, mean, I feel like we're getting there. And going off of that, my personal choice for Tarkin in Rogue One was to basically have him not face the camera. Like there's times where he's facing the out the window yeah. and you can see his reflection. Yes, and you could that's see that what it's him. I wanted. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like that that was that's what I would have done there. So Wow.
0: Yeah, I mean, okay. that, that that's fair. That's fair. They, they just, they went for it. They're like, we're going to zoom in on his eyeball. We're going to go right <laughs> in there. Um, but I guess they thought maybe, well, everyone knows Peter Cushing's not here. So we're not fooling anybody. So let's just bring back Tarkin. But I agree with you. When The first shot, when you see him in the reflection of the Death Star through the window, mm-hmm. I'm like, holy cow, that's amazing.
2: I thought, too, the Leia one specifically like where he hands her the thing, they could have ended it with him handing it to her with her back facing the camera. And I would have been yeah. like, cool. I know that's yeah. Leia. It's clearly Leia. And it yeah. was when they came around and she said something that I was like, oh, uh, uh, that, that's yeah. not Leia. But it's okay, James though. Like, it's, it's fine. Uh, I just.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, you know, stuff happens. Uh, what stuff be, happens. Right? Yeah. <laughs>
5: Um, so how did you right, feel well, about um, young Luke and Leia in Rise of Skywalker?
2: Oh, I loved it. I thought I, Mark Hamill looked scene. great. Yeah, and I thought I Leia thought, looked good too, yeah. but I feel like Mark looked a little bit better. But I think it's because Leia was moving, whereas Mark was just kind of sitting.
5: Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think it's also uh, they they chose like um, the Return of the Jedi Leia. She's like yes. a little thinner, so I think she's not as instantly recognizable.
3: Right.
0: That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. What did you think of it?
5: I, I thought Luke looked great. But like I said, I, I think the Leia was, there was something a little weird about it to me. But, you know, overall, I thought that's they did a really good thought. job. Yeah. I mean, Luke especially since the whole promise was to not use digital doubles. So that wasn't, you know, a CG head. That was actually right. footage. So.
0: Right. That was Billy Lord and they mapped over her with uh, mm-hmm. the shot from... Uh,
5: Leia and talking to Luke. See, like Return you know that Jedi. person's name. I I didn't know that person's name. Yeah,
3: that's her daughter. <laughs> that's Carrie Fisher's daughter. Yeah,
5: see. Yeah, yeah. See, I see. I didn't even know that. Like that sounds terrible, right? Like I'm <laughs> no, hey, I, I'm uh, I'm one of those like I don't know the real life people. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but-
0: yeah, but you know what, man, you brought the Death Star to life, okay? So that's all that matters to
5: me.
1: She plays a character in the movies too, but you, but. Oh, it's very background. Barely any lines. You might not even recognize from that either.
0: Yeah. But it's possible. Well, Yoshi, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Before we get out of here, um, obviously, I know you wanted to just clarify that you're speaking on behalf of yourself, right?
5: Yes, that is correct. I am (laughs) not representing anybody because I am currently not working at Lucasfilm anyway. I am at home like everybody else.
0: Yeah, and um, uh, why don't you let us know if you have a website where you can be reached other things you may want to plug and obviously your social media where people can find you and uh, hit you up
5: I'm sorry you broke off for a second Uh, if you're talking now I cannot hear you can you hear me now yes this is just outstanding isn't it
0: (laughs) Uh, that might be on our end yeah all right and then, uh, before we let you go, why don't you let us know, uh, where people can find you online. If you have a website, anything you want to plug, uh,
5: go ahead. um, I have a website at artificial empire.com. That's uh, more of a work website though. So, um, I don't know what you'd find on there. Some, some, you can see some of my artwork on there, but you can also follow me on Twitter at vu Yoshi. That's at V-U-Y-O-S-H-I. And I also have an Instagram at Yoshivuart. Art. Uh, awesome. so not necessarily nice. all Star Wars related though. So, yeah.
0: Hey, that's all right. Sometimes we, we like to get into other movies too, but, um, we lo- love to have you back sometime. Thanks for hopping in the base with us and, uh, yeah, absolutely. we'll obviously chat with, chat with you online and, uh, we really appreciate it, Yoshi. Thank you so much, man.
5: All right. Thank you. You have a good one.
0: You too. <laughs> so there you have it guys. I hope you guys really enjoyed that interview. Uh, we had an absolute blast. Um, Guys, I know, you know, we talked about it at the top of the show. It was it was awesome speaking with Yoshi. Um, any final thoughts uh, before we move on here?
2: He was just awesome.
0: Yeah, I'd love to have him back. Yeah, me too. Um, and he actually, you know, said he would love to play some games in the future. So who knows, maybe you can get him on here and mm. do a little quote games or who knows. But uh, it's always good, uh, from my opinion, to remind fans uh us included especially that so many people go into working on these things and it's not just a blanket ah it's disney or ah it's this it's like that's like james you said Mm -hmm. this guy's a fan and he put his heart right into creating those environments for us uh and i just think that was great so thank you again yoshi uh hit him up online and all that stuff and uh, hopefully we'll see him around but right now it's time to hear from you guys and we're gonna send it to lacy uh for resistance transmission so lacy what uh What's the deal this week?
2: Guys, it's time for Resistance Transmissions. So the way that this works is every week John puts up a crazy, wacky situation. And you guys give your answers. So I've never read this scenario or what's going on. I don't know your answers and I read them live and we see what happens. So. The scenario is the manager at Tashi station had a set of power converters on hold for someone named Luke, but he never showed up. What voice message does the manager leave on the Lars answering machine that Luke will never get?
0: (laughs) You can only imagine what they got into here.
2: Oh, Here we go. All right. First up is Mello at a gray Jedi who said, oh. Luke, how are you? We have those power converters that you ordered the other day. Just FYI, if you do not pick them up in one rotation, I have to put them back on the shelves. Also, you looked great with that hat. Take care, Cami. Oh, By the way, nice. what is that smell
0: coming from your farm? Oh, my God. <laughs> so he hits us with the deleted scene reference mm-hmm and the decaying bodies reference decay oh I thought it was
1: mildew because he's a moisture farmer no one's been attending to the-
0: oh oh like a mossy type I th- of I
2: mm-hmm. think he meant burning corpses
0: oh jeez what was that what was the line that you used last week where the person they commented with it and said it would be a good band name was it rotting corpses or something like that
1: barbecue corpses I think or something
0: barbecued corpses <laughs> Yeah.
2: Carcasses. Corpses.
0: Oh, oh yeah, yeah. maybe.
2: One of those. Yeah. Next up is Alex Zoukas at Zubaka who Alex. said Hey, this is Wato calling from Tashi Station, calling for some deadbeat Luke who owes me a lot of money. You <laughs> you have one more day to pick up. No money, no deal, no parts. And no one else has power converters for your model Skyhopper. I guarantee that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Nice. Watto making his return.
2: I can't really do a Watto. Sorry. Uh, next is Tampa Movie Guy at Tampa Movie Guy who Scary. said, we have a set of power converters here for someone named Luke who gave us this number. Luke, your power isn't going to convert itself. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down and get these power converters and I'll throw in a set of stainless steel barbecue utensils absolutely free. Oh my god. Is
0: that a cannibal joke? Is he eating the people?
2: Jeez. No. John,
1: you're acting like you don't know. You didn't read these. It's You're like borderline you wrote them and you're trying to act like they're from a fake. What? Or from a real fan or
0: something. Okay. The fourth wall. Next.
2: <laughs> Next is Matt Skywalker at MIB one one eight eight, who said, "Hi Owen, this is Kevin down at Tashi. Wanted to see." If-
0: <laughs> I uh, I picked this because he said Kevin. Like I just love when people use yeah. normal, regular dude yeah.
2: names. Wanted to see if you still wanted noise in background. Hey, hey, you in the dark helmet? We're not open yet. Yeah, we sell droids. What are you choking sounds? Thud, other noise. Tear this place apart! Find those plans. So I'm mm. assuming it's Darth Vader.
0: Yeah, Darth Vader got yeah. him. Yeah, yeah.
2: Next is Mark at the Kind of Vacans, who said, "This is Biggs. Uh, I mean, Mister Bigerton, the manager at <laughs> Tashi Station. We have some uh power converters for Luke to p- come pick up." Yeah, he needs to come right away. Not to waste time with his friends or anything. Tell him to bring his Xbox controller, though.
0: Big's <laughs> <laughs> trying to get him out. I like it.
2: Next is Adam Odel at Odel Adam, who said, This message is for Luke. Checks notes. Skywalker. Oh, my God. Are you related to the famous Anakin Skywalker? <laughs> I've got to post this to my Imperial Spacebook page. The whole galaxy is going to go is going to know about this wow anyway get anyway <laughs> get your power converters tomorrow or we're letting them go
3: nice. next
2: up is jf kocher Coacher, who said hello this is waddo from tashi station farmers co-op people love waddo yeah uh i got those power converters you ordered hey by the way is this the same lar's moisture farm i was wondering how shmi is doing anyway those <laughs> converters are here at parts at parts stop by anytime thanks Oof. Yeah. all right next is pa- is
0: Wado still alive i think so i think so i think he made it all the way to like rise of skywalker he's very like he's like a, a cockroach you know what i mean Like, it just doesn't go away. I feel like there was a significant
1: age difference that they show. Like, he looks a lot older, so he's probably dead. But by the end of the Hmm. thing. Could be.
2: Next is Papa (laughs) Palpatine11 at...
1: Papa Palpatine? Yeah.
2: Darren. But it's like Darren with two ones. And he said, oh, wow, you have an answering machine uh this is weird okay well this is no i can't hangs up (laughs) (laughs) and last but not least is demon cobra at daddy x dagger Mm. uh and he said this is tashi station calling about those power converters we've been trying to reach you and no one has been by the station we're getting a little worried there was an Imperial patrol asking about you guys, so we told them where you live <laughs>
0: so they can come check on you. What a mistake.
1: Oh, oh my
2: goodness.
1: What a mistake.
2: But bum. Guys, Ba-dum-bum. thank you so much for your answers. If you want to be on the show, make sure to follow us on Twitter at RBATSWNN. Every week, John puts up some crazy scenario and you guys give your crazy answers. And then I read them. Back to you john
0: guys thank you so much for listening and watching being a part of the resistance we hope you enjoyed the interview with yoshi vu and the rest of our show make sure you do subscribe to the podcast you can do that on apple Podcasts, soundcloud spotify or if you're watching on youtube uh share it with a friend uh we are growing um and a lot of that has to do with you spreading the word and sharing it with people so don't take that for granted we really I need you to let other Star Wars fans know about us and because that's how people find out because a lot of people don't listen to podcasts, let alone Star Wars podcasts. So spread the word and bring your friends in because it's always fun when you have other friends to talk about TRB with. Um, Make sure you're also going to StarWarsNewsNet.com every day for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. As we said before about Teespring, go check out our new merch uh and uh the patreon stuff we covered earlier as well so um that's pretty much that you guys can find me on twitter at johnny hoey and writing and editing at starwarsnewsnet.com all z time james um you can find me on
1: this show mondays and thursdays uh 9 a.m roughly and 12 p.m in the comments uh you know every time the episode comes out eastern time uh, but mostly on Twitter and Instagram at Meyer Trunks.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, the comments for sure. Uh, Lacey? People can find me
2: on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin, Loving Star Wars and also starting tomorrow, returning on the Mando Fan Show.
0: Oh, yeah. On Boom. YouTube. Yeah, I host that. I should have remembered that.
2: It's okay. I host it now.
0: <laughs> oh, you taking that over too now? <laughs> just kidding look at me look at me <laughs> yeah, right. I'm the captain now Yeah, I am
2: the captain
0: <laughs> um, yeah so tomorrow <laughs> evening we will be posting the return of the Mando fan show where we're gonna be talking about the first two episodes of the um, I believe they call Disney galleries uh, but it's the documentary yep. about the making of the Mandalorian um which is going to be talking about some pretty cool stuff so we hope you uh join us and we'll see you then uh and of course we hope you enjoy your weekends too and we'll be back with another episode of the resistance broadcast on monday morning so until next time we'll see you around kids